1: To the Inside Sports podcast,
0: available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you Girl, find your podcasts. You really this is six thirty. Chance Inside so Sports. Girl, All right, hour number two. I'm sorry, half, second half hour. Six thirty. Chat Inside Sports. I'm, I'm rocketing ahead. Still I'm, hour one. I'm, clearly, my brain is wanting to be in hour number two but it would be bad because then I wouldn't be able to talk to her next guest who will be well in, the, in a minute or two here. Uh, I got to tell you that Anne-Renée Debien made 16 saves, stopped the penalty shot, Canada beat Finland 4-1 on the opening day of the Women's World Hockey Championships in Denmark. Debien turned aside the penalty shot, at the end of the first period with Canada holding on to a 2-1 lead. It's the first time a Canadian goaltender has faced a penalty shot at the World Championships. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights have bolstered their forward depth by signing Phil Kessel to a one-year deal worth $1.5 million, 34-year-old, uh, 399 goals, 557 assists, in 1,204 career games with the Bruins, Leafs, Penguins, and Coyotes. And uh, he has 900, appeared in 982 consecutive NHL games that's the longest active streak seven games short of Keith Yandel's record of 989 uh, Kessel rumored to come to the Oilers at uh, one point this offseason. former NHL coach Mike Babcock has stepped down as the head coach of the Saskatchewan Huskies after one season with the uh, with the U Sports club Babcock had joined the Huskies on a full-time volunteer basis last February after spending 17 seasons in the National Hockey League most recently with the toronto maple leafs and paula retto set a, a course record in the opening round of the cp women's open in ottawa today south african shot nine under 62 set atop the leaderboard take a two-stroke lead uh right topped the previous mark set by canadian brooke henderson in 2017 hamilton's elena sharp and maddie uh, searczyk of london ontario were the low canadians finishing the day tied for 16th at four under 67 uh, we got the CFL matchup tonight, just getting underway in Winnipeg. The Bombers at home to the Calgary Peters, Jake Merritt, quarterback. And I don't know if you saw this today, but you know, in the NFL, this is the final week of preseason. Thank goodness. Um, but you know what? What happens in in training camp is you will have teams uh, practicing against each other. And today it was the uh, LA Rams. And the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, of course, the two teams that met in the uh, Super Bowl, and there was this wild brawl that broke out. This is not the first brawl, and it usually happens every single year. I mean, my Patriots and the uh, I can't remember who they brawled with. Carolina Panthers, where Chuba Hubbard of uh, Sherwood Park is, uh, is of course uh, running back for them. But Aaron Donald, who is perhaps the best player in the National Football League, swung his helmet. Oh, twice swung his helmet. My next guest knows that that is an absolute no-no, and that is Nteage, former receiver Edmonton football team and uh, current analyst uh, for the Toronto Argos on TSN 1050 uh, Nate, my friend, you don't swing your helmet in the game of football.
1: Absolutely not. And we saw it earlier this year with Duke Williams against Shaq Richardson swinging his helmet and getting suspended. We saw it in NFL, Miles Garrett on uh, uh, Mason Rudolph, uh, and he got a hefty fine and suspension. So that's something you, you know from when the time you start playing football that the helmet is not to be used as a weapon. And if it's off your head, just come out the game. So uh, Aaron Donald, I don't know, I saw pictures of him with like two helmets in his hand. Just look out there looking like a menace. I don't know what sparked it, but, you know, there will be some fines and possibly some suspensions. That is that, – that's an unbelievable situation.
0: Yeah, and it – I mean, it happens every year. It happens – I mean, it, it, this has happened several times this year where you have the, the two teams practicing together. Because, I mean, I think they – you know, they've always kind of done this. And now you have one less preseason game because of the 17-game schedule. But – <laughs> like aren't there ground rules before like okay yes we're competing but this is what we don't do this is crazy i mean because you know you've been involved you've been involved in many of a, you know or have witnessed too many of a scuffle in training camp i mean guys can't stand each other after a while but that's your own team but you bring in another team and i'm sure the bad feelings come in but i'm also like okay aren't the two sides kind of talking and going we want competition but we can't let it go to a point of having a brawl and have someone throw a helmet no you can't let it go
1: that far and you know like you mentioned the these door practices have been happening there's one less preseason game, but it's a good way you know to get your starting quarterback you know reps that he won't get in preseason games against another unfamiliar opponent right but these brawls, you're right. They happen every single year, multiple times during a training camp. Guys get sick of each other. But it's really interesting when, you know, it's like a first day of practicing with a new team that they're still having brawls. So it's just some, maybe <laughs> some guys just want to have brawls. I, I saw a rookie for the Saints. Um, yeah, his name is, 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 I'm forgetting his name right now, but he had a brawl for three days in a row. And after the third day, they were like, hey, man, just, you know, sit sit one day out come back and get your mind right. You can't have so, so some guys are going to have brawls no matter if they're seeing the same guys constantly or if they're seeing new
0: guys. But its uh, I think Aaron Donald definitely went over the line. So should we see a suspension here? I mean, he, I mean, it's practice, but my goodness, he, yeah. he, he plunked his helmet. That, that's a tough one, right? But if it's yeah, your own team, one. it's one thing. But if it's involving another team, how does the league handle this? I was thinking about this
1: after I saw it. I'm like, like, when you see the video and you're thinking he's swinging two helmets, that, that's definitely a suspension. Especially if that happens in the game, that's automatic suspension, right? But it's practice. The rules are a little different during practice, and, and it's a little different when it's against your own team. But I remember back in the day, and uh, Steve Smith, he punched his own teammate in, in a film session, and he got suspended by the team, right? Not by the right. NFL. So... I'm wondering how the NFL treats it when it's practice and it's not really supposed to be, I mean, I guess there are fans there, but it's not like a live televised game where the league looks bad. And in this day and age of social media, they're still going to kind of look bad because it's going to make the round. So uh, I'm thinking the, I, if I had a guess, I'd say there has
0: to be a suspension just because of the yeah. optics. It went viral in the worst way. <laughs> so exactly. that's, that's That's a video going uh, viral and it's, it's not good. Absolutely. Okay. How you been by the way? I mean, it's been a busy season. I mean, what your, your Argos and Tycats are playing again for what the 17th time (laughs) in the last 18 weeks. Uh, How are things going?
1: Man, I'm getting sick of the tight gas I might like, go out there and start fighting some tight You've seen them so much, but no, everything's good. Summer, summer's winding down, and you know, uh, you know, as parents, it's when summer starts winding down, we kind of get a little bit happier because it means kids are gonna start going back to school soon. So uh, I'm in that phase where you know, the CFL season. It's, you know, it's it's Argos are, you know, tied for first place and haven't played really great this year, and you know, and and home life things are
0: going well too. School's coming back around the corner, so um, I got a little pep my stuff these days <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it's true what you say we all love having our kids around but also we also look at the uh, calendar and we go okay you need to go back to school in the worst way because of xyz <laughs> so many reasons 100%. why <laughs> so oh, yeah. if, if, if you know you know well that's just if all you i'm gonna know, say you if, know. You, <laughs> if you know you know but okay so Argos and Ticats. Let's let's just let's just continue on that on that uh, track here. Uh, the both teams coming off losses. Uh, the Ticats had a real heavy tilt against the uh, Montreal Alouettes, uh, losing on a last-second field goal f- by David Cote. And the uh, oh, look at that catch, uh, McCray just with a great catch and the uh bombers up six nothing point after ten, uh, pending so that didn't take long they scored on their first drive of the game against the calgary stampeders but uh, quite the shootout in montreal the argos lose to the stampeders where they were really pretty good in the first half and then kind of fell asleep on offense in the second half uh dane evans is back um pivotal matchup heading in, into labor day because this is going to set the table is it not no, absolutely, and you know, especially when you're looking at
1: season, season series type stuff, and at the end of the year when you're um, you're counting the head-to-head opponents, in case you're uh, you're head-to-head against another opponent, in case you're tied, this is this is going to be a, a massive game, it's almost almost like a, a swing game kind of thing, and you know, both teams are going to want this game. This game is in Toronto. Hamilton's 0-5 on the road this year, and Toronto is uh, is a little bit better uh, at home, so. I don't, I don't know how this is going to go because, you know, they, both teams are coming off losses. Um, obviously, Toronto, the last couple of games, they've, you know, reversed the trend from early in the season when they were starting out really slow. And and then the last couple of games, they started really strong, except when they forgot it's a four-quarter game. The last, the three, they came out of halftime the last two games and put up six points in two games, right? That's mm-hmm. not going to cut in the CFL. And, you know, and, and, you know the... The Hamilton Tidecats and you know they played a really good game. I thought they went into Montreal and they hung they hung tough. You um, so my old pal Trevor Harris came through when it was when it was his team needed him the most. But we were watching that game while right before the Toronto game started, so I caught the very uh, the very end of it, and it was back and forth. That's like that was a really exciting CFL game. And you know, from the looks of it, from the the performances last week, it, it feels like Hamilton has a little bit of more momentum going into this game just because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they just showed a lot more fight than what Toronto has been you know, showing. And, you know, in Toronto, there are people calling for Chad Kelly, you know, back and quarterback's always the most uh, popular person on each team. And I don't know if that they're going to go there yet because I feel like that is a panic move. Um, not a team that's in first place. A team in first place isn't going to make a move like that. But you never know in the CFL. I mean, you uh, talked about with Calgary, it's just that's you know, feature all premier, uh, Bowl, Levi Mitchell. So, you know, I, I have no idea how this good game is going to go. CFL, it's so funny. The CFL is it's just a, one of the funniest leagues just because you always have an idea of how the game is going to go. And then the game starts, and it's just completely opposite from what you thought was going to happen, right? So, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in even the last matchup against uh, Hamilton and Toronto. Ham, uh, Toronto had been minus thirty-five in, in first half uh, first quarters, right? And you're yeah. thinking, and Hamilton, they've, they, every game they won at home, they're I think five and zero um, in, in first first half scoring, uh, first half spread. So you're thinking Toronto uh, is going to obviously lose the first half because that's just a trend of the entire season, and they come out and they actually have the lead after half. So. It just You just never know how these games are going
0: to go. All right, let, let's talk about the Stampeders. And uh, we're joined by Nate Jay, former double-E uh, receiver and uh, current uh, analyst for the Toronto Argos on TSN 1050 in Toronto. Okay, so Jake Mayer starting. Bo Levi-Mitchell got pulled. I don't have a problem with it because I think there's, there's something going on with Bo. I can't quite figure it out, but the way he's setting his feet and the way his mechanics are and the way he's delivering the ball and the way he's just missing wide open receivers. And also at the same time, receivers are dropping so many footballs and he's not getting the help. And then when he can help himself, um, he's not making the, the right reads, but you know, you're better at social media than me. And most, most people are, um, but you know, when Bo Levi Mitchell goes to, I believe it was Instagram, and I don't want to make more of this than it is, but I found it an interesting move because we all know Bo, Bo likes himself a lot. Bo would bet on himself, and why not? He has the best start of any quarterback in CFL history. He's a two-time Grey cup champion, multiple MOP, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but to me, it just struck, boy, this one really strikes a chord with him. What did you think about him going to social media to kind of spew his, basically his, his, now one hand he was frustrated, but the other hand, he wanted to show a support to Jake Mayer. Yeah, no, it, it was on brand, I felt like, from the bowl that we know, and how I've had a lot of people,
1: um, friends of mine that played with them, and you know, no one's surprised by that. Uh, he's obviously the ultimate competitor. He's going to bet on himself every single time. And you know, like you said, he has the track record to to feel like that. But this season, he hasn't been he hasn't been great. And you know, even even last year was was not a bowl. Uh, Levi type of year, so I thought, okay, a year removed from that uh, shoulder surgery, you know, you come back, and this year it'd be it be completely different. You'd get back to the bowl, bowl, but you know, coming to this year, you're right, like missing open receivers in the end zone. I remember the game against Edmonton, you know, uh, missing guys in the end zone, and you know, throughout this entire year, you watch them, and it's just not. It's not the ball we know. Like, when Bow's on, he's lethal. Like, right? super accurate, great deep ball thrower, great at getting the ball in his hand. He doesn't take sacks, right? He's he's just he's the best quarterback in the league when he's on. And he hasn't looked like that for a couple of years now. And he, he probably hasn't looked like that since, uh, I want to say, 2018. Because um, he's he dealt with injuries like each of the last three seasons. So, uh, I, I don't know. And this move, when, when this offseason, when they, they re-signed Jake Mayer, you know, there are a few people that were like, it might be Jake Maritime, but obviously Calgary wasn't ready to make that move just yet. You have a, you know, a legendary quarterback at the helm. You, you know, you want to give him every opportunity to, you know, earn his and earn her spot because, you know, with his play, he's earned that opportunity. But, um, you know, even last week, you know, there was two interceptions and you're watching the play over and over. I'm trying to figure out what is he seeing, and yeah. I, I, it didn't make sense. And that's not the bold by Mitchell that, you know, was winning MOPs. And something has happened, and he's lost. I don't want to say he's lost a step because he has a run, but he's lost something. And uh, I don't know if it's the injuries, to his legs, his shoulders, and maybe mentally he doesn't feel right, but it's not the Bull Levi, we know. And right now I feel like Jake Mayer gives us the best opportunity. I watched, you know, a halftime. They make the switch, he comes out, Jake Mayer's in the game. And he's not lighting it up by any stretch of the imagination, but he's just making the the plays that are drawn up. And he's just making – he's just not turning the ball over and, you know, throwing it away when he needs to and not forcing things. So, right now, Jake Mayer is the best option. And it might be the best thing for Bo by to sit back on the sidelines and not have that earned invisibility, invisibility like, oh, my job can be taken, even though I am bullied by Mitchell, right? I have to work at yeah. this, you know, to get it back. So it might be the best thing for the Calgary Stampeders, and Dave Dickinson is so good at this stuff where, you know, he can tell when, you know, guys are on and when they're off, and, uh, Bo Levi sitting for maybe this game, maybe a couple games, might be the best thing for the whole team because you know he's going to come back re-energized and maybe he doesn't get his get his job back. Maybe Jake Mayer just goes for 300 yards uh, <laughs> for the rest of the way and <laughs> never gets his job back. You know, they never know how these things go, but right now it's, it's the right
0: move 100%. Uh, devastating that we... Quite likely will not see Nathan Rourke throw another pass this season. Uh, Devastating for Nathan Rourke, devastating for the BC Lions, devastating for the Canadian Football League. Uh, Boy, has the the wind shifted big time in in BC and a lot of pressures on Michael O'Connor now. Oh yeah, a lot of pressure, especially you know being the backup guy. He's probably he was probably sitting back
1: there watching the show, enjoying it just like all of us were, right? And he's like, oh my goodness, this is this is unreal. I mean, we knew Nathan work was I don't want to say we knew he was good. I didn't know he was good. I knew he was. I knew BC liked him a lot going into the season. Um, they obviously saw enough in practice. Uh, as soon as Michael Riley decided he wanted to retire, they didn't. They didn't hesitate. It was the Nathan Rourke show because of the work he put in all throughout the year uh, and what they've seen in him. And you know the way he came out this year on fire, uh, and even when he faced adversity, he'd come back and you know an unwavering confidence, his mechanics, the way the ball came out of his hands. It was all different. It was you were looking at him like. I think he's the best quarterback in the league, but it's like two, three games in, and you're like, I don't want to say just yet, and he's Canadian, yeah. and he's just like, let's just wait. And then he keeps rolling, and he learns from it. He makes mistakes. He learns from it. It was just, honestly, some of the most fun I had watching football because we had a guy that was, you know, born in Canada, uh, Canadian through and through, you know, in the CFL, on his way to win the MOP award um, and possibly do make some noise in, in the playoffs, and his season is cut short. It's just, it, it was devastating. It, it was devastating to watch. This as a, like you said, as a fan of football, as a Canadian, and, uh, and a fan of great stories, right? He was a relatively uh, unknown quarterback coming to this year, and he's obviously the best quarterback. And you have guys like Bowley by Mitchell saying, like, he's the best quarterback in this league right now. That's the ultimate stamp of approval from a, a two-time MOP winner, right? So, um, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's really, like, it's, like you said, it's devastating and sad for all the right reasons. Um, but I still think, you know, he's, he's going to get a shot down south I still think you know. It depends what kind of shot he's going to get, but I still think mm-hmm. he's showed enough this year. I mean, you look at the statistical board when, when when he gets hurt. He's the leader in every single category, right? Passing yards, touchdowns, efficiency, uh, percentage. Like that like you can't say, oh, it was just half a season, or it's it takes. It's not everybody's doing that. So I still think he gets a shot. It's, it's devastating for for Arlie for that to happen, and. Um, I'm just hoping for the best for him. Whatever his future holds, I hope he gets to uh, reach his, his potential. But I, I know he's going to put in the work to get there because he's shown us that.
0: As usual, we never have enough time. we got to go now. Nate, always oh. a pleasure. We'll have you on again soon, okay? Uh, I can't wait. I can't believe we're done already. I feel like we're just getting warmed up. Oh, man. <laughs> we're just having too much fun, buddy. That's what's happening here. So. <laughs> okay, take care All right. of yourself. All right, Dave. Take care. Talk Nate- soon. You as well, J current uh, radio analyst for the Toronto Argos on TSN 1050. He'll call the game tomorrow against the Hamilton Tiger Cats and former Double E receiver. All right, so Jake Mayer, 61-yard touchdown pass to Malik Henry. The game tied at seven. Demario Houston was the uh, corner on the play for the Bombers and looked like he pulled up with a hamstring injury. So it was a easy walk in the park for Malik Henry. That game is tied at seven. Always good to have Andrew Walker on the show. We haven't had him on for a long time. He is now a podcaster, The Hedge. I mean, we've highlighted some podcasts on this show. We had uh, Daniel Toole on a couple of weeks ago about his Boomsies podcast. So we'll talk to Andrew Walker, who was uh, formerly in radio in Calgary and in Vancouver, and uh, does a really good job. We'll uh, talk about the sporting scene with him and as it's kind of quiet right now, but it'll start to pick up soon. It's Campbell in for Wilkie.